Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB, this truncated edition of it, of course. My name is Kyle Rodder. Let's check where the market is sitting, shall we? Because it's been actually a pretty negative way to end the week, down 1% on the SIBO 200 index. And when I last checked, the ASX 200 is off, uh, was off 1.1%. I'll get you a more, uh, well, <laughs> definitive number on that, down 0.9%. So not quite as extreme, but still, we've slipped below 7,400, which, well, for some is a bit of a key technical level. Uh, one that we broke yesterday, but well, maybe a false break there. We'll have to wait and see. But maybe some of the uncertainty around the Bank of Japan was responsible for, well, the sell-off of Wall Street, the sell-off we saw early this morning, and we had that decision coming through over the last, call it hour and a half. And although in principle, there wasn't too much change to the policy, while some of the language around how it's going to be enforced has changed, uh, not so much a rigid, perhaps rigid, target uh, anymore, but uh, one that's a little bit more flexible. So we saw uh, the 10-year JJB float above that 0.5% uh, cap on the yield there very briefly. For the first time, in fact, in about a year and a bit, it's trading around uh, 52 basis points now. So uh, it might be fairly interesting to watch how European and US markets respond to that because there is the sense that now that has been loosened a little bit, maybe hopefully in an orderly fashion, the yields in Japan might start to drift higher. But that was the big news of the day. We did have some corporate news, however, uh, a production update for Champion Iron. First quarter revenue came in at close to 300 million Canadian dollars with production hitting 3.4 million tonnes of ore. Concentrate sales were up 27% on the previous corresponding period with the pallet production plants on track for completion in late 2025. Switching sectors now, Estia says bank capital continues to engage in construction discussions to progress the potential transaction. Estia announced in June that it received a non-binding and conditional bid from Bain of $3.20 a share in cash. Bain's exclusivity under the terms of the agreement ended on Thursday. There's also some broker moves today. City lowered its profit guidance or profit estimates for Macquarie going forward. Analysts have trimmed FY24 forecast after it flagged a substantial fall in April to June profit. Still, it's retained the price target of $150 and its neutral rating, saying it is early in the year to be definitive on commodity volatility and deal flow may recover as rates stabilize. Jefferies, meanwhile, has lifted its price target and its rating for Megaport after its quarterly update. Jefferies has also lifted its FY24 EBITDA forecast by 5% and FY25 forecast by 8%. It's been upgraded to a buy from a hold with a $12.55 price target. In another broker move, City has lifted its price target for Insignia Financial 
to $3.10 from $2.60, pardon me. City says funds under management were slightly better than their estimate and retains a neutral rating. You can see there on your screen just the way some of those stocks have traded today. Macquarie bouncing after selling off by about 4% yesterday. Megaport pulling back after really rallying yesterday in senior financial up by 0.85%, just shy of three bucks per share. There was some local macro news out today as well. Australian retail sales unexpectedly fell in June in a possible sign the RBA hikes are working through the economy. Sales fell 0.8% for the month with a contraction driven by declines in department store sales, other retailing and clothing footwear and personal accessory retailing. Ben Dorber, ABS head of retail statistics said, retail turnover fell sharply in June due to weaker than usual spending on end of year financial year sales as cost of living pressures weigh, continued to weigh on consumer spending. The Aussie dollar briefly dipped on the news, continued to drop actually interestingly enough on the, uh, well, uh, developments from the Bank of Japan there. A cursory look says that maybe, maybe it wasn't quite as aggressive in its language about the prospect for yield curve control. And uh, that's boosted the, the greenback probably too also off uh, those very strong GDP figures from the US last night. But a few themes to pick up on today and to help me run through them, Shane Oliver from AMP joins me now. Shane, uh, thank you so much as always uh, for joining us uh, slightly earlier on this Friday. Uh, must start with the Bank of Japan because it's, well, the news of the day, arguably, certainly the most recent news that we can pick apart. Um, a tweak, perhaps in language more than anything else, of its yield curve control program. How should we be interpreting this change from the BOJ? Look, I think it's a further step towards monetary tightening in Japan, but they are proceeding very slowly. Uh, don't forget there was a lot of excitement when they doubled the range around their bond yield target of 0%. They doubled that range to plus and minus 20 five basis points, or from plus and minus 25 to plus and minus 50. And of course, ever since then, the 10-year bond yield has been just below uh, the 0.5% level. Uh, and now what they're sort of saying is, well, maybe that 0.5% is not as hard as fast. We'll tolerate a bit more. They're saying that if bond yields get to 1%, then they will buy them. Uh, so it's sort of like a, a soft cap, maybe at around 1%. Um, but it does suggest that they will tolerate higher bond yields. But by the same token, you don't got to get too excited about this because I know there was a huge flurry of interest a year ago when they made, or sorry, in December when they made the changes, but it didn't really come to much. It, it sort of all settled down. The market forgot about it. And here we are again, another flurry starting last night when Nikkei started reporting the potential consideration of such a change. But it's not it, it's not as it's not the sort of aggressive move that we've seen from other central banks, which have been aggressively raising their interest rates. So yes, that Japan is slowly moving towards tightening, but it's going to be a long, slow process. Don't forget their rate of inflation, if you exclude energy and food, is just around two and a half percent. Um, so they're a long way from where many other countries have been. So yes, it's a move towards tightening. Yes, it does have some implications for global markets because Japan has big bond holdings around the world, including in Australia. Um, but I wouldn't uh, get too excited about it. I don't think it's the end of the world by any means. I think the biggest story this week is the ongoing decline in inflation globally and increasing signs that major central banks are at or close to the top. 
Well, let's dig into that as well then. And I mean, also tied in with perhaps the GDP figures that we got out of the United States last night. Uh, how do we square that circle perhaps? Because on the one hand, we've got you know CPI clearly uh, falling, at least on a headline basis. Uh, however, mm. a big surprise in US GDP. So, I mean, can both of these things coexist at the same time or are we running the risk of another sort of, I suppose, step up in inflation here? Well, right right now they're happening, and, and and you might call it Goldilocks falling inflation, although it's still too high, and decent growth. Uh, yeah, that that is is an ideal combination. I mean, it obviously is happening. Some would say uh, that it's because of a kink in the so-called Phillips curve. If you want to delve down into economics here, and that at some point last year we went beyond the kink that well, two years ago we went beyond the kink that led to a sharp rise in inflation. And wages pressures in the US now we're we're sliding back down towards the kink, um, but we're at the point where you don't necessarily um, have to have a, a sharp rise in unemployment or a collapse in GDP uh, to get inflation back down. Um, it's it's a bit like a um, like an apple farmer with capacity of say ten thousand apples per annum. Uh, if demand goes from 8,000 to 9,000, no impact on pricing. But if you go from 9,000 to 11,000, big impact uh, because there's going to be shortages. So he puts his price up. Now, of course, if you go back from 11,000 to 10,000, his capacity is still 10. Maybe you get a fall in prices, um, but he's still producing a lot of apples. Um, so you don't have a big impact on his uh, his production. So that. I mean, that uh, is sort of what's going on here to some degree, but the question is whether it's sustainable, and that that is an interesting one. If growth picks up too much, then, yes, it will uh, upset the the cooling in the labour market in the US and uh, therefore put pressure back on central banks to raise interest rates. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch. For the time being, it's good news for share markets. Uh, profits hold up, um, pressure on interest rates starts to subside. But yeah, you can question as to whether that will be sustainable or not, particularly if growth continues to pick up. I thought you were about to uh, extend the metaphor say there and uh, say perhaps upset the apple cart. Um, but um, <laughs> I could have done that. I should have done that. <laughs> um, I, I'm allowed, uh, I've got a quota of one highfalutin question per interview. And I wanted to ask about the Phillips curve because if the 2010s suggested that an unemployment rate of 3.5% didn't generate sufficient wage growth. And then we had a 3.5% unemployment rate now and still inflation manages to fall. Is that the final nail in the coffin of the Phillips curve? Is it is it completely <laughs> useless at that point in time? <laughs> it's it's uh, I, I think many people would say that it is uh, because it keeps giving these different readings, but economists will just reinterpret it and say, no, the, the concept is great. And we've obviously now gone beyond that kink in the Phillips curve, beyond which beyond which lower unemployment causes higher infl- uh, inflation, wage inflation. Um, but the problem is knowing where that kink is. It's it's the same as the debate about knowing where the Nehru is. Um, it's impossible to determine except after the outcome. Uh, and that's so it's a useful analysis, but it it doesn't give you a lot of precision in terms of um, you know what point exactly you can get to in terms of unemployment. And and as you alluded to there, it does change over time. So you've got to be careful cautious in interpreting it that's why i don't as an economist i don't like going down that path too much because you just get into gobbledygook that just confuses people and then they'll pick you up because next time it didn't work Mm -hmm. um so i think you have to be fairly pragmatic about all these sorts of things 
let's talk about obviously Aussie macro and specifically the CPI figure that we got here. I mean, it would start to perhaps imply that the jobs is uh, getting done from the RBA's perspective. It doesn't look now uh, as though the RBA will hike based on market pricing next week. So what's your view? I know that you've probably been perhaps more on the dovish side for a little while. You think this gives, well, pretty good permission for at least an extended pause now? I think it does, and I think they will pause, but uh, I've been waxing and on that. <laughs> Prior to the retail sales figures, I didn't think uh, there was enough in there to just stop the RBA. I mean, it was always close call, particularly after the CPI numbers, but I was sort of leaning to the view, well, it's not enough for them yet. But when the jobs numbers came out, down 0.8%, the market was zero. Uh, that means a third quarter of a contraction in real retail sales. In fact, real retail sales growth will now be negative on a year-on-year year basis, um, I, I think that's enough to tip them over the edge because they did say that they would be looking at the jobs market up to you know, in the meeting next week. They'll be looking at the labour market numbers. They argue for a hike because they were strong. They'll be looking at what goes on globally and there the news is mixed, lower inflation, um, but perhaps stronger growth in the case of uh, some countries like the US. It's a mixed story there. But they'll also look at the inflation numbers. Uh, they were lower than expected. They expected 6.3% headline number in the last quarter. It was actually 6. They expected uh, 6% trim mean. It was 59 Um I, You may say it's not too much, but if you annualise those sorts of differences, it's quite a bit. And inflation is going down faster than they were assuming back in May. Uh, and now we've got the retail sales figures. They said they'd look at the retail sales numbers, household spending, and that's what we get on a monthly basis. You know, yes, there's, there's spending on services, which also impacts, but the message there is on the weak side. So I think there is enough evidence for the RBA to hold. Um, if they don't, I mean, you could, you could argue, well, they've got what they want now. Inflation is going in the right direction. That's a good sign. If they keep going, despite this weakness in retail sales, people will start to think, well, maybe they are trying to kill the economy unnecessarily. Um, but I, I don't think Philip Lowe will want that perception. So my my view has has uh, swung to the view that, yes, they should leave rates on hold. And I think they well, I've, I've thought that for a while, but I think in terms of what they will will do, I think they will now leave rates on hold come next Tuesday. They'll probably still have some sort of tightening bias in there, um, and we're still penciling in one more hike uh, to 4.35%, but I think that will be it. We're, 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 yeah, we are almost at the point where the RBA can start to declare um, some sort of victory, uh, but we've still got a fair way to go. Well, let's hope uh, that that does uh, emerge uh, as far as that, well, victory uh, in the fight against inflation. Um, but Shane, uh, so got far to, so good. So far, so good indeed. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again, uh, as always, and at, at the the earlier time. Hopefully, uh, hope you have a wonderful weekend, Dr. Shane Oliver from AMP. Thanks, thanks, Carl. Take care. All the best. Thank you. Okay, let's just get a quick look at the market now. And uh, well, uh, that's not what's on tonight, in fact. So uh, US PCA index will be significant, especially as we continue to debate the prospects of, well, a soft landing in the United States, as well as weaker inflation. Uh, Canada GDP revised University of Michigan consumer sentiment. And next week, a very big week indeed. RBA, Bank of England decision, US non-farm payrolls, China and US PMI, and earnings from the likes of James Hardy. Uh, there's also JB Hi-Fi in there, Credit Corp, Computer Share, Square, ResMed, uh, CPA will be as well. It all starts to pick up, so obviously jam-packed. But that does it 
for the COB. We do have the last call coming up next. So stick around. As we say, grab a beer, grab a wine and enjoy. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.